French Hairy Dwarves and Watsits, Chapter 7, from the Flying Saucer Investigators, the new book by Charles Lear. While 1954 in America was mostly about the saucers, that year in France was more about the occupants, also known as humanoids. It was then that French researcher Aimé Michel came to international prominence as he investigated, collected data, and tried to unravel the mystery. The young Jacques Follet first became interested in flying saucers at this time. He was later inspired by Michel's work and went on to achieve prominence as a respected and influential figure in the field. On September 10, 1954, 34-year-old Karubal resident Marius de Wilde reported an incident to the local police that received extensive press coverage, not only in France, but worldwide. According to de Wilde, at 10.30 p.m., he was sitting in his house located next to some railroad tracks when his dog, Kiki, started barking outside. Equipped with a flashlight, he went to investigate. Outside, he noticed a large object, which he assumed was a harvest cart, six meters from his front door. He then saw two figures on a nearby path that was often used by smugglers. He pointed his flashlight at them, and there was a reflection that seemed to be on a glass helmet with a head inside. He only got a quick look, but the head seemed especially large. He estimated the figures were both about a meter in height. At that moment, a door opened up on the side of the object. A blinding light came out, and de Wilde was paralyzed by fear. He closed his eyes, and by the time he opened them, the object had risen ten meters in the air. It then shot off to the west, like lightning. As the story made its way from newspaper to newspaper, de Wilde being paralyzed by fear turned into de Wilde being paralyzed by a beam of light. The press was now paying attention, and many more sightings and encounters followed. The two types of craft most often reported were Sukup's volants and cigar volants, which translate to flying saucers and flying cigars, respectively. The cigar volants were sometimes called Churchills, due to the constant presence of a cigar in the mouth of the famous British Prime Minister. In addition to the craft, there were many reports of small humanoid occupants in diving suits, hairy dwarves, electrical and mechanical malfunctions, mostly involving stalled cars, and more paralysis-inducing rays of light. According to Valet, the flying saucer began to lose its academic character and entered the experience of daily life. It completely monopolized the press and general conversation. Because of all the press coverage, people started seeing saucers and little creatures everywhere. James Mosley covered some of the stories, beginning with one which he printed in its original French with no translation in the August 1954 Nexus. In the December issue, he covers several stories, including one from Perpignan involving a saucer and an occupant in a diver's suit that rapidly re-entered his ship and took off after seeing the two dogs of the witness. This story is juxtaposed by another story in the same paragraph where the saucerman took time to pet the witness's dog. Mosley comments, this leaves us here at Nexus headquarters in a state of confusion as to whether spacemen like dogs or not. Apparently, some do and some don't. The January 1955 issue includes a case written about by Mosley that almost turned deadly. M. Pierre Langlois of the Cher Valley District was walking home in the rain. He came upon what he perceived to be a spaceman in a luminous suit. The man seemed to be mounting a ray gun on his spaceship with the aid of a metal claw coming out of his sleeve. Langlois quickly went home, got his shotgun, came back, and fired at the creature. A few minutes later, a motorist passing by stopped and gave assistance to M. André Lacoste, who was dressed in a white raincoat and had buckshot in his ribs and arms. The spaceship was a Renault, the ray gun was a carburetor, and the metallic claw was a monkey wrench. 
Despite the more farcical episodes, there were cases to be taken seriously that were reported by those the French call digne de foi, which in English amounts to credible witnesses. In Gales, police officer M. Bacallard reported that on October 18th, he was driving a police van making his rounds. At 5.30 p.m., he came upon a cigar-shaped object that was approximately 10 meters long and 2 to 3 meters high. His van started misfiring, and he experienced feelings of semi-paralysis. He then found himself entering the village of Kohi, which was not part of his route, with no recollection of how he got there. In the midst of all the press, there was no shortage of opinions regarding the cause of all the sightings. In the October 25, 1954 edition of Time, famed psychiatrist Carl Jung posited that the sightings were either hallucinations brought on by Cold War fears or actual alien craft. In the October 24, 1954 American Weekly, Professor Herman Oberth was far more definite and declared, It is my thesis that flying saucers are real and that they are spaceships from another solar system. Many American researchers, such as Kehoe, were not open to the humanoid reports. One group of researchers that was open to them was Civilian Saucer Intelligence, which had formed in New York that year. Some members of the group also had a relationship with Aimé Michel, having translated his book, L'Eurs sur les Soucoupes Volantes, The Truth About Flying Saucers, into English. Aimé Michel's book was published in 1954, just before the onslaught of the French reports, and he found himself in the position of being that nation's flying saucer expert. Out of thousands of reports, Michel investigated and collected data on nearly 300 reports that he felt were credible. While doing so, he developed the theory he called orthotony, based on his observation that sightings occurred along straight lines that would change daily. To Michel, this proved the sightings were real and that there was intelligence behind the objects being seen. He noted that from September 23rd to October 10th, the sightings followed the pattern, and then afterwards they deviated. He speculated that the objects were alien craft deployed on a methodical survey mission. The emerging randomness was due to a follow-up survey with separate areas of focus. Michel published his findings in his 1958 book, Mysteria Objects Celestes, which CSI also translated, and it was published in America that same year as Flying Saucers and the Straight Line Mystery. Jacques Vallée was a 19-year-old college student when he read Mysteria Objects Celestes. He was impressed enough by the book that he wrote Michel a letter praising it. He didn't agree with everything in the book and argued against Michel's opinion that there was an unbridgeable evolutionary gap between ourselves and the visitors. He closed his letter, telling Michel that his book gives us a reason to face the problem. It enables us to begin valuable research quietly. Serious work can start now, at last, because of you. Fillet's passion was most likely spawned by his own sighting in 1955, along with his mother, of a disc with a bubble dome hovering over a church near his house. Fillet and Michel both contributed to the 1969 book, The Humanoids, which has become a classic in UFO literature. The 1954 sightings stuck with Valet, and the small humanoids reported then reminded Valet of small humanoid reports throughout human history. He set about comparing them and developed the theory that what was being seen, whether fairies, leprechauns, elves, or aliens, were all manifestations of an intelligence that coexists with us and is deceptive. He published his ideas in his 1993 book, Passport to Magonia, and was an influential contributor to the interdimensional hypothesis. Aimé Michel came to similar conclusions, but the idea that we were interacting with something unknowable bothered him enough that he abandoned his investigation in 1980. 
A lasting result of the 1954 flap is still on the books. In October of that year, Lucien Jeune, the mayor of the town of Chateau Neuf de Pape, passed a law prohibiting flying saucers flying over, landing, or taking off in community territory. Article 2 states, any aircraft known as flying saucer or flying cigar, which should land on the territory of the community, will be immediately held in custody. Article 3 places that responsibility on the forest officer and city policeman. That's quite a responsibility for a small-town gendarme. Available June 2022 from Flying Disc Press. A book about the people involved in the mystery covering the golden age of flying saucers. Using newsletters, magazines, case files, official documents and more. Sure to leave even the diehard skeptic wandering. By Charles Lear, New York, USA. The Flying Saucer Investigators. Available on Amazon, from June 2022. The Flying Saucer Investigators. Flying Disc Press.